Ladies and gentlemen, before we start this week's video, just want to put out a little content warning. We are talking about serial killers. So there's a lot of uh, talk about deaths, murders, rapes, things that have happened in real life. And there's only the stuff we're talking about today happened in the 70s, so there's stuff. Still. There's still survivors out there who were related to these people. That being said, this week's on Cats with Tin Hats, we're talking about Ted Bundy. This is Oliver. Wyatt. And Tucker. So in talking about Ted Bundy and in prepping for it, we thought a good connection to make to have some light-hearted talk with it is looking at the movie Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil and Vile, starring Zach from Lily Collins and a bunch more people. So before we talk about the horrible, despicable person, let's talk about the movie. What do you guys think? That's good. It was uh, when it first came out. It came out what? 2018? 2019? 2019. Yeah, like rating like, what, when was it? Summer? summer? Yeah. Like June, July, right? Yeah, May. Oh, May. Yeah, Garner Talk, we were in school still about it, I think. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And uh, at first, when I heard little Zacky Boy was playing uh, Bunders, very confused why they got, mm-hmm. why they got him to play Bundy. It was like, hey, why are you getting good-looking, juiced-up heartthrob. We got a white playing Ted Bundy. Then, then the thing actually do it's like, okay, you know what? He has the chops. He kind of looked like him in certain, in certain scenes. Well, with the, yeah, like, in the right angle with the right lighting. Like, Especially Ooh. with the, uh, when he's up, he's, I think he's in prison, but he's wearing like, that brown like turtleneck. And he has like, the oh, beard yeah. going, right? And he's like talking about how he's going to be innocent, how he's innocent. and Except for that comic book I stole yeah. when I was a kid. Yeah, when he was five years old. Yeah, dude. Um... Yeah, I thought he killed it. I thought, I thought it, this was a pretty, you know, I thought it was all pretty good. And it kind of, a lot of it did come true from, like, what, they didn't Hollywood it too much, which I liked. Mm. They didn't make him, they didn't, I know some people are trying to say they humanized fucking Bundy, but I don't think they did. They just, I think it just went through the through the trial of everything and did the key parts of his sentencing and all that shit. And, yeah, it was good. Solid movie. Mm-hmm. I think this movie is really well done in the sense that I feel like it's showing you what the people who were on his side at the time saw. Their story. Yeah. You never see a murder. It's not... It's hinted that he that he's committed these murders, but it's not heavily in your... Yeah. Like, it's, it's not... not showing, you don't see... A bloody weapon. You don't see this. You don't see that. It's none of that. It's stuff. hinted. Yeah, yeah, and it's very factual. Like it, it is a very factual yeah. movie, and I think it helps. Like for me, I was like, is this like a like an ind- more independent movie? Do we know, or is it? I mean, it was Netflix that funded it because uh, the director Joe Ballinger he did do uh, the. Um, the documentary, the Bundy tapes. He also yeah. did the Epstein one. He's worked with Netflix on a bunch of different documentaries. And I feel like this was one where he got the script. Looks over and goes, all right, this one, I'd be happy to do it. He's done the research, he knows what's happening. and Yeah. I think it was more on that with the backing. Yeah. Honestly, like, I feel like this is like a movie that, like you were saying, a lot of people felt that it was humanizing Ted Bundy, but I don't, I don't know if that was their... If that was their intention, yeah. or if their intention was to go, this is what people thought of him. Yeah, this is what the, this is the, the the case that made people so afraid of serial killers because yeah. it was somebody that 
I it was mean, a normal guy. It was a normal guy, and he said it himself in an interview. People were terrified because I was a guy that you went to work with. You wanted your sister to date. You saw me at the grocery store, and I said hi to you, and you yeah. liked me. That stuff he was, was very, what he was saying. Yeah, he was right? a very people person. Yeah, because it was fucked. With, with like people saying that uh, the movie humanizes him, and I was watching this with Wyatt, and every time like he started putting the water wipes on, I got angry, saying, "How does this fucking humanize him? He he's a manipulative piece of shit, and you can see mm-hmm. it." But then at the very end, when he's talking to Liz Kendall in the at the prison when over the phone, so he's just like streaming with tears. I'm like, I get it. The, the this movie does not humanize him, but they're doing something else. They're showing how manipulative that Bundy was, and if you felt bad for Zac Efron playing Bundy, that isn't the film's fault. That's what they want you to do because that's how he did it. Zac Efron did such a good job at manipulation. He got you through a screen, and that's what this guy was. He was a master manipulator. And I will go as far to say as perfect casting was Zac Efron. Yeah, Mm -hmm. perfect casting. Mm -hmm. Somebody who you look at and and people look at him and go, "Wow, what a good-looking gentleman." Yeah. And then you see that people start to go, well, you humanized him, dead bunny and stuff. It's like, yeah, no, 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 no. We wrote the manipulative side, yeah. but it's you going, you fell for oh, it. it's Zac Efron. Yeah, right? Zac Efron, yeah. you felt like the You're manipulation tactic. Yeah. I think, like you were saying, that's what I was wondering. I was like, it has to be like, I think it's a strategic thing. Yeah. Because I think they're trying to show you how manipulative this guy was. Because the, I think, like if I could summarize it in the sentence, like the movie doesn't humanizes humanize him, the movie gets you to humanize him. Mm-hmm. Good saying right there, yeah. Yeah. And it, like I couldn't get any of that until the very end when he started crying in the prison. I'm like, you only feel bad because you got caught. Yep. That's all it is. Yeah, he didn't care. But at the same time, there's a piece here that's like, they show you like how he's like, oh, I'm trying to call Liz and she won't answer and all this, oh, oh, oh. But then when you watch it, they're they're manipulating you into his stuff. Like, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, there, it's a, it's. I think it's a really well written movie. Yeah. As well as well done with all the all the actors. I think it, it is a really well done movie, and I'm happy that they didn't try to recreate the cases I'm happy yeah. they kept it respectful in that yeah. area yeah because I, I think one smart thing they did is this film is through the perspective of Liz Kendall is when she first meets him and going on her journey with him he disappears we don't know what he's up to we just find out what she finds out when he's captured mm-hmm. um, this movie I think is really well put together I mean the, like cutting from certain scenes and and Almost keeping, even though you you know, as an audience member, I'm pretty sure everybody knows about Ted Bundy, but this movie does a really good job of keeping you in a, and it and it transfers you into a spot of well, wait maybe, you know what I mean? Like it almost tricks you into that yeah. mindset where you're like, do you like, do I really know him? Wait, where is this going? Like yeah. how is that? Wait, really? And if you haven't done a lot of research deeply into it. I can see how, like, maybe people were kind of on the fence with it. But then, mm. all of a sudden, it's like, but every single where you go, man, it seems that murders follow. Yeah. Yeah. 
So you're not innocent. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think the movie does a really good job of, of like you said, being in the in the perspective of mm-hmm. Liz and showing that kind of like eeriness that comes along with being around this dude, mm-hmm. right? Because like this is from like the Bundy tapes, most of the stuff that we watched. Yeah, it's on Netflix. If you guys haven't checked it out, it's four episodes long. The last one's the longest, obviously, but at the early years of Ted Bundy, he was he was a young kid, and and a lot of a lot of the they lived in an area of town where there were tons of kids in like a four or five block radius, and they all used to play together. And Ted was another one of those kids. He was, they said that he was from the poorer side of tracks, yeah. and. He seemed like any other kid, but he he started, you know, uh, one story that a woman told in the documentary, he started digging traps that he called tiger traps, and he'd sharpen sticks, and then he'd dig a hole, set them in there, and then cover it, and one day a, a little girl fell in one and cut her leg open, stuff like that, but a lot of people would have never thought that Ted would go on to do the things yeah, that he did. Yeah. I, I, he went to high school. He, he says that he was kind of like you know talking to everybody and everybody liked him and stuff. But I don't know. There's kind of a m- mixed opinion on that. If he was a quiet outcaster, if he was a, I a football feeling. playing jock, and all I have this a stuff. He was a quiet outcaster. Yeah. But the way the Netflix show like phrased it, it, it was almost as this. I don't know if the woman saying this stuff is so spiteful and trying to remove him so much. That a lot of it's in retrospect as opposed to how it was. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I don't know. Just look at the kid. It's our big guy. I can honestly see it going both ways. With like, he's, he's, the, he's the type of guy who, like, if he's, like, at, like, you know, um, moves to a different, you know, moves to a different place where no one, he know, he'll know no one that went to his same high school or whatever, and he tells stories about the popular kids and then puts himself in their, in yeah, their shoes. Yeah. So, like, oh, yeah, man, I was... Like, I was the captain of the football team. I was, you know, I was the, and then not, and then, the, you know, whatever. Like, hopefully he knows what the fucking word quarterback is, but whatever. And then, mm-hmm. and shit like that. I, I could, this, because, ah, just how he is and how he was. Because he was a scrawny dude the entire, entire life, right? He was never, no. he was never, like, a big, he was always kind of small, right? So. Mm-hmm. And and when he, when he was young, he used to go to church every Sunday, all that, like, yeah, all that me. stuff. He was heavily into church. He did have a speech impediment, and yeah. he was made fun of heavily mm-hmm. because of it. And a lot of people think that that had some stuff to do with it. Probably. Um, but, I mean, he liked scaring people. He had a, a fierce temper to him. That's the stuff that they were saying. He would he was lie. Yeah. He, was, he was just... But then, he was a little off as a kid. Like, he was yeah. just... He was... Like, he was a normal kid, but just a little... But also... But just like... Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, a little... Just a little strange. Bit yeah. of a bit of a right. Bit of a cunt. Yeah. Yeah. He was just one of those, like, it's so weird looking back and we, we're, we're doing it this month. At to, like, people try to pinpoint the one the one thing that happened and it's it's hard when you start doing that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's not just one thing. I mean, it's no, a build-up, right? Yeah, it's a snowball effect with a bunch of different things that will just... Mm-hmm. Wasn't he also, I could be wrong, but wasn't he also, like, because he grew up in... Bigger family, right? Or was he? Or was he an only child? No, he was in a bigger family. Right? Yeah, he was. I, I think he was either the youngest I he was or the young... something. But when he was fourteen, he found out that he was illegitimate. Like 
or that's what they say in yeah, the documentary. He was, that he was that his, he was adopted. They didn't know who his father was. Yeah. Or, yeah. So that's the way they worded in the documentary. And he he claimed till the day that he died that it had nothing to do with anything and that it never really affected him. But um, th- the doctor that was doing the psychology tests on Ted said that it had a very hefty... He believes that that had a yeah. hefty... Um, um, cause? Base, yeah, or, cause... Yeah. F- it, it caused, caused, it caused a feel, snowball effect, yeah, yeah, that was kind of the kicker. Yeah. And then you add on a bunch of stuff. He believed that he... Had, there was... A lot of people believed that he had, so, like, a gap somewhere or that... Um, a lot of people thought that he had, like, grown a tumor in his head that blocked off his empathy path. Like, met So many, yeah. The chemistry stuff. Like, there's so many different people who want to find the... The, the cause. The root cause of everything. Yeah. Yeah, it's not the person. It has to be something else. Mm-hmm. No, it's just back no. in the day, right? They didn't yeah, know. Right? So it was. Yeah, there's a lot of the phrase we didn't have the technology back then. I think yeah. even now, I think people still don't really fully know. I think they know a good more more now than back then, but still, like, but there's you boil it down, like you don't really know what could cause because, like, you know, there could be a an innocent kid who grew up in a great life who just winds up killing everyone. Like, look at half the school shooters. I think these days, right? They're fucking normal kids who just. There, there are a lot of things that psychologists have done to root down what is the cause, but with a lot of these cases, it just of diagnosis of what it is, there's no real yeah. treatment or except for intensive therapy. Even then, it won't do it because a lot of this stuff does happen at a very early age. It's a, a lot when your yeah. brain's growing that there can be trauma that happens that attributes to like down the road. And once your Fair brain's enough. set, it's very hard to crack that mold. Fair yeah. And who knows, too. Did they ever find out whose father was? I forget. Or no? I don't believe they right? did. So, like, who knows? Because, you know. Yeah. You know, when. In, or when he was, you know, in his mom, right? About when she was when he was growing, right? Who knows what she did? She could be drinking, yeah. smoking. Who fucking knows? That could have all. Yeah, so much it could cause. So much yeah. shit. It's so, it's so hard to pinpoint, but. Yeah. It's one of those things, like, you know. I think he, uh, Ted always wanted to be in a position of power that we oh, yeah. learned from the documentary and even the movie. He wanted to be president because yeah. he wanted to have that much power. Yeah. So he went in, he, he, you know, started working for, you know, political campaigns and stuff like that. Yeah. And then he wanted to be a lawyer. And that's kind of where it all starts. So... He went to the University of Washington in 66, and then he got a, a undergraduate degree of psych, and he met a girl from California, and her name was Diane Marjorie Jean Edwards, and that was his first girlfriend ever. Okay. And it was said she had, like, a really nice car. She came from a, a, a very wealthy family, um, and apparently the family really liked Ted, too. Uh, they spent a lot of time driving around in the car, in her car, and kind of just hanging out and talking. As we said, you know, he wanted to be a politician, but she really inspired him to become a politician in the end. Yeah. And uh, he was heavily, he was a very Republican politician. Uh, and he went on to work on, in a political campaign for Dean Evans. Oh. And... Uh, 
people who work there and his friends would say, like, like we said earlier, this is the type of guy that you'd want your sister to marry. Yeah. At yeah. least that's what they thought at the, at the beginning of meeting Ted. Uh, he was he was very talkative and 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 throughout the campaign he would go up to big like big people in the campaign world and, and a lot of people that that meant a lot when you get into the politics area and he'd have no problem going and talking to them mm-hmm. and, and striking up conversation. I don't know like I think it might be a little bit of the manipulation yeah. tactics and and also the chameleon yeah. tactics that you were talking about of finding a way to change little things about yourself to make sure that you can fit right in the in that hole that yeah. they that they've made for you or whatever you know mm-hmm. what i mean mm-hmm. it's one of those things that's really really interesting when you get into the mindset of these uh these killers but uh, he there was something where he was found out as a spy he went into another campaign Right. And he was talking uh, to the, some of the people who were a part of, like, the the uh, Libertarian uh, Party or something. And he was yeah, found yeah. out to be yeah. a spy. And he was, like, something like that. But, I mean, it, it was it was famously said that Ted wanted to be... And he wanted to be in the upper class. Yeah, he wanted to yeah. be a somebody. And and that even goes towards when you watch the documentary with him and his and it, it, talking. The guy who came in the journalist says Ted just wanted this to be a celebrity biopic that's all he wanted he just wanted a celebrity bio and that's all he was he was a heavy narcissist but eventually he got he graduates from school and it's 1973 in Seattle and he applied to a bunch of law schools and uh his grades were mediocre he wasn't he wasn't like yeah, yeah. Uh, all-star student. I think yeah. it was. I think it was like average, maybe a little below average student, right? Yeah. So yeah. So he ended up going to uh, night school, and this is kind of where him and his girlfriend had split up, and he was kind of saying it was because he was working so hard, and he, and it was like a money thing because he couldn't buy her all the nice fancy stuff. A lot of people uh, think that it was just kind of him also feeling inadequate or or she was better than him yeah. and he didn't like that and that's where also a lot of this stems stems from but uh yeah i mean this is around the area where you know he wanted to get revenge on her so in the tail end of the summer of 1973 he started kind of getting into the area of where we would see him in 1974 um, dun, dun, dun. there was Kind of the it's kind of the quick little blip of his early yeah yeah sorry it's all over the place again like we talk like the documentaries and stuff it's hard I wish I could I I was gonna go through and literally oh uh, uh, categorize my notes year by year yeah like a seventy three seventy four seventy but there's so much it's probably so much backtracking it's oh shit that goes there like yeah it's it's all good I I tried to split it up into episodes but the episodes are they're so factual that sometimes it's hard to get through because yeah. it's like so so much stuff's coming at you uh, yeah. that it's like holy okay write that down Ugh. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right off. but it's kind of like a quick hopefully i got it right if i didn't uh correct me in the comments section but yeah yeah in other words yeah it's short and not just he had an okay childhood bit of a weirdo as a kid yeah but other than that like he wasn't like uh but he didn't have yeah like, he was anything traumatic like you know um 
you know, what's what's his nut? Um, Manson or fucking those guys. Nothing yeah. traumatic that. Just a, not knowing his dad. Also probably not feeling like he belonged to him. I wonder if that had anything to do with it. Because I think he was also beaten by his granddad as well. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, fantastic. I thought, I thought that's what I remember hearing. Yeah. yeah, he was, yeah, he was a... Oh, Abused by his grand, yeah, grandpa or, or someone like that, and yeah. then yeah, so that's that's the type of stuff where because the documentary is trying to cover so much ground in four episodes, yeah. sometimes it goes a little too quick. Yeah, and gets then, under the rug. Or even that, you're trying to process so much information, information that yeah. you kind of there's little b- bits and pieces that you might have might forget or or exactly you know I mean? right. Uh, but now we're in the 70s where. Take it, all, take it all over. Yeah, well, the mov- movie starts around '69 when Ted Bundy yeah, meets uh, Liz Kendall in a, in a bar, and it basically starts off in their relationship. Everything seems fine. The movie frames it as if like he's going to straight up murder her right away. If you don't know, I I went into this film not knowing much about Bundy, so me going this is like, oh, is this going to be the first one that he whacks? It's like, no, nope. mm-hmm. this is that natural relationship that started. And then it just focuses on their relationship for a little bit, and then we get the title card, January to July 1974, wave of terror across America. The first bodies start popping up. Uh, but the first one they really talk about is at Lake, Lake Sammamish. This is like the first one they really focus on, and they talk about a... Because uh, it's the first case where they're able to identify, or people have actually witnessed a guy trying to take away girls. And it's phrased as a guy in an arm cast asking people to help put his boat into his car. And with this, you get a sketch. I think it was a real sketch they used in the film as well. Yeah, it's a real sketch. And, and there were people who came forward and they said that they actually had overheard him say, Hi, my name's Ted. Yeah. And that's how they got Ted and that. That is. That, that's fucked. Yeah, sketch. It's yeah. fucked. I mean, in the first scene, the Crazy. first scene, the thing that really aired me out yeah. is like, so she's in the like the phone thing. Yep. And you can hear that they're talking. Cut to the bar, and it's do you believe in magic? Yeah, yeah. And a young girl's heart, and then you get into the prison, and they don't stop the song. Yeah. They, they just turn it down. But it's like, yeah. It's eerie mm. enough because it's like, because it's like almost like a, you're there with them with that song, remembering. I don't know. Sometimes with memories, even a song, a song, come back very much. Or, yeah. I was like, wow, what a cool little, like, what a cool little piece in the in the post production to yeah. add to that scene. I mean, and I was also wondering if it was like an add to like her still having a little bit of feelings or whatever. Probably. And that honestly, song was still like the little. That bit was of the, like, the first song they. I wish we, you know what I mean, yeah. like that kind Probably, of thing. I know. wish it was like the first time I met you instead yeah. of when yeah. the truth came out. Yeah. I don't know. Like, honestly, that fucking... You, you know, you might think that's fucking Firefighter. I think that's fucking... I think that's fucking... Uh, see, that's smart. See, I wish I could fucking look at a movie like that and think of that shit. I just look like, ah, oh, it's a song. Cool. It's so dumb when it comes to uh, analyzing anything. The first scene in this movie is so jam-packed of it, though, because he's like, are you sure you don't want to run? And I was like, is that something? Are we hinting? Yeah. Like, it, this movie's well-written. Know, yeah, you know what I mean. It's well written. It's well done in post, but it's poorly reviewed, though. Really? Very poorly reviewed. What do they say? Like, um, what's the main gripe? Yeah. About this what's movie? the worst? 
who who is the guy who gave the most shtick? So I'll, I'll go with what the, makes him the a guardian. expert. I'll go with the guardian. What makes the guardian the expert? Huh, guardian makes because like the first four that were green one like uh, the guardian. The star's charismatic and creepy performance as a notorious serial killer is the best thing about an otherwise pedestrian and graceless drama. Really? Wouldn't. Okay. Which, but see, like, when they people say this shit, it's like, what the fuck do you look... It's like, what do you want? Like, I think most people just wanted to see the Ted Bundy killings. It's like, okay, yeah, but then... It'd be like a three-hour-long movie of him killing for, like, half that movie, and then this. Fuck the Guardian. Fuck you, Guardian. Just kidding. But, like, no. Dude, do you even guard the galaxy? Yeah, dude. Yeah, man. I don't think so. Here's here's my issue walking into a project like this. There's a line. And it's a very, 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 very thin line that you need to walk when you do this stuff. Oh, for sure. Right? It's like, because like you were saying, maybe this guy from The Guardian, Benjamin Lee wanted to see he has gripes with the movie because he wanted to see a little bit more of the cases yeah or the, or the, he wanted to see a, a little bit more yeah there's a fine line between making a movie and being respectful to the families yeah and to the people who were actually around during that time and and remember those yeah and then there's also making a, a movie so here's the two issues. You make that movie that, that maybe Lee wants to see, Benjamin Lee wants to see. Yeah. But then you also have the, the group on the other camp saying, exactly. well, whoa, whoa. Yeah. like don't show that shit. Like that's, you can't do that. But then you do that and then you have people who were like, who are like, this is just a, a drama movie and you don't see what actually happened. You're never on the... Yeah, you're never on anyone's... Um, you're always on one... Yeah. There's always somebody. If you should have zigged... If you zagged, you should have zigged. Yeah. Or, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you're yeah. never going to win. I I don't know. Because you can either get the David Fincher Zodiac type, mm-hmm. where it's just the bleakest thing, and you see all the murders recreated, shot for shot, and it gives you the overwhelming dread of everything that's going to happen, and you follow the police narrative going through it, or you go the Aaron Sorkin route, where they have the big courtroom procedural and then you have you have to kind of take different days and place them in different areas just so the storyline hits all the beats that a standard movie does which is brilliant how he does it or you do what extremely wicked chocolate evil and vile did which is take one of the most horrific men in america and focus on someone who is closely attributed with it and see how she copes with it mm-hmm. And the mindset that and the mindset that person was in because it's not an exciting movie and it's not meant to be an exciting movie. Yeah, it's just meant it's meant to be a human story. Mm-hmm. It's meant to just be a day to day. What's it like having to be associated with this guy? And I think that's the big mistake with this movie is this isn't a Ted Bundy movie. No, this is a person who is very close to Ted Bundy's perception of him and what it was like to go yeah. through this trial we do ted is very heavily 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 featured in this movie of course yeah. but it's not the ted bundy movie no you know what i mean i think that's where people get a little angry where it's like well you know i wanted to see a little bit more of this but it's like 
well, yeah, but this isn't the Ted Bundy movie. Yeah. But, you know what I mean? It's no, a exactly. movie about somebody who is close to him. And and the damages that happened from the, mm-hmm. the stuff that he did and the truth coming out affected the people around him, too, also. Yeah. Which, like, this month, I, I've, I found especially, like, we, we did cults, you know, a, a month a month ago. And I found that a lot of this stuff, watching these documentaries on these people who have done horrible things, it's an hour and a half long documentary. And it's all dedicated to them. And then the last two minutes is dedicated to the people who they, who, who they have the done infor- these yeah, horrible things The unfortunate things to. people who have suffered from their... It's it's. I think that's the one thing that that's kind of sad is people forget that uh, innocent people were yeah like how you were saying innocent people were harmed and killed and just had to be you know had to for years and years and years had to had to live through this pain until evidence could be brought up and this and that and so yeah it's like you know as much as sure people want to see the the brutality of like because everyone's interested in that because they, they, everyone has that like oh I'm never going to cross that path but I want to see it and, you know it's just like you know don't don't go close to the sun or else you're going to get burned but they yeah. want to right but just like you know reel it back like you were saying and you know yeah innocent people were har- you know like I said, innocent people were harmed and you know um, cause what's what was the girl's name again like this Liz Kendall Liz Kendall she was in the. She had to see it all. Like she was front and center. She had the best scene in the house. Unfortunately, yeah. is crap of what I'm saying, but just like, yeah, and, and and how mentally draining, how mentally, just how mentally fucked would be on her being like, this is. I I let him in my house. I let him hang out with my daughter. I you know and all this stuff. He could have killed me. Could have killed her any time. Like it's it would be so you know it's. And I think now it's more intriguing it's, to me. How how does someone cope like that? Because it's just I can't even fathom thinking of uh, of knowing a murderer and and being that close, having sex with a murderer, like thinking about like because that's not thing in your mind. It's like oh, I'm probably having sex with a murderer. It's like no, I'm having sex with someone who ooh, you know, sex someone so, you love and you actually care about, or you know, whatever. Yeah, just have a fun time. But it just and then and then realizing oh, he's the one of the biggest, if not most, probably the most famous serial killer. In American history, I'd say, or one, one of them, them. one top, for sure, top five for sure, right? Yeah. And another problem you would have with this movie if you did show all the killings is one of the main themes and things that this movie is trying to do wouldn't work, and that's getting you to be manipulated by Zac Efron. Because mm-hmm. as soon as you show him hacks or a woman's head off, you wouldn't then you, you wouldn't would feel ins- any sympathy for him yeah. whatsoever, and that all goes. And the last, I want to say twenty. 15 minutes of this movie loses all of its momentum yep. because there's a moment in that movie where everything falls and it's and, I, and it's the scene where you you finally see him trying to kidnap that one oh the, yeah, yeah. The woman yeah the yeah um and that totally changes your perception for because if you're watching this movie and you haven't seen anything, and, and then, then that scene hits him, bam! And that's the only, yeah. really the only murder you see. And that's totally right what you said. Because if if you went if you went in the first fifteen minutes of this movie, you saw it and you were watching yeah. the Ted Bundy. That's a different movie. Yeah. Like, yeah. Hey, maybe if that movie comes out, that sure. could be a great movie if you do it respectfully. It could be a great movie. Yeah. But it 
it's know, not this movie. I know exactly what you mean because it would have totally changed yeah. the tone of this movie. For sure. It's totally yeah. 100%. That's totally yeah. I feel you, dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so we get the first uh, eyewitness testimonies from a bunch of people. And then uh, we cut to Utah, 1975. Because I, I think in real life they did question him, but they let him go because it was a different color car. Yeah. yeah that was reported. Yeah, it didn't match. It, that didn't match. And they it was a different Ted they were looking for. Because mm-hmm. I think they got an eyewitness to another guy called Ted. And that's what kind of led him astray. Because they, they got a bunch of numbers. And at this time, from the documentary, they were working 14-hour-long days... And to put it in perspective, there were 42,000 Volkswagen bugs yeah. that they were going through. They narrowed it down to 1,000 Teds who owned bugs. And from there, they narrowed it into 100. Yeah. So that, I just... Which is crazy. Having to do all that work and breaking it down. So yeah, we're now in Utah, 1975. And this is when we... This is after he tried to kidnap a woman... She got away. We don't see this, but she gives talks to the police. They now know what the what car they're looking for. They tell his car. They find him, and then they go into his trunk and they find his tools. He's still studying well, law, and he's like studying for his case because like he's gonna have to go for trial for this. Yeah. Goes to the law library. Someone spots him. He gets kicked out. Yeah. And that's the first moment where you're like, oh, but like. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. that's the first moment where they're trying. The movie's trying to get you to almost sympathize with yeah. the idea. Yeah, mm-hmm. and because there's quite a lot going on in that as well. Because when he's studying in the law library, we have three different women. Mm-hmm. That's like smile, 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 and I'm like, okay, it's one of these gonna get killed. Is something gonna happen here? Because you can also see again this goes to Zach Efron's performance. You can also see the clocks turning in his head. Oh, as yeah. he's looking at his books and he's looking around he's like oh no and then she leaves she sees the newspaper gets him kicked out okay good yeah. I have a note in here I think I, I wrote it down or maybe I just thought about it but I have a note that says Zach Efron is putting on a freaking workshop like it is oh, insane yeah. dude the acting the acting chops that go into him sitting, like you were saying, and literally watching the thoughts. Yeah. Like he's not speaking, he's not he's not making big grandiose gestures to tell you what he's thinking. He's sitting there looking at the camera and it's very godfather Al Pacino esque yeah. when all you get is a single look and you know exactly what's going on. Yeah. And it's it's eerie, but it's well done. Then we have uh, the trial, the first part of the trial, and then afterwards we see him and Liz Kendall going to uh, adopt a dog. But they also bump into uh, Caroline Boone. Yeah, Caroline Boone, who will play a big part in this later on. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I think we were talking about this whilst watching the movie. Like, you can always trust a dog. Yeah, dog knew. Right, your dog was all fine. Fucking look at him, start growling. He goes down to his level, and then the dog gets scared. Get the fuck out. Also, great use of animals. Yeah. And, uh, and just showing his power. that He's like, showing the his evil. evil he exudes. Yeah. It, it's so eerie, man. 
It's it, it, that scene creeps me yeah. out. And, I, and that is a fucking yeah. It's that creepy look at the dog where it's like. It's almost like you say something, I will kill your dog, too. And the dog's like, oh, yeah. shit. It's almost like he's confessing to the dog. It's like, yeah, you fucking know exactly what I did. And that dog's like, oh, shit. Oh, oh, God. Like, it's it's fucked. It's that eerie thought that, I, that I'm wondering in his head. I'm like, is he thinking that this is... He's like, you you couldn't... You can't talk. You know what I mean? Right. You can't say anything. Yeah. Well, yeah and what that's the get? kind of thought product. Pro- it's fucking... It's- I'm fucking telling you, Zac Efron. Dude. Let's fucking make a movie, dude. This guy kills it. He's fucking. He's got it, dude. I like, don't let don't let good looks deceive you. There's talent behind that. Oh my exactly. god. Exactly. Yeah, like he's not just the guy lifting refrigerators. Yeah, he's the guy every girl wants <laughs> like, to be with and every guy wishes he was. <laughs> yeah, he's not like that. Enough. Yeah, he's fucking a great <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. It's just, he he can say so much with this a step. Uh, Look how you're saying it's fucking that fucking Godfather esque. Oh, you know exactly what he's saying, mm-hmm. and, and 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 it's just him. Like I said, no fucking no having to smile, no having to like really put a smug look. It's just the twitch of an eye or whatever, and it's like, mm-hmm. what's happening here? It's amazing. Because yeah, one actor I would compare him to is Robert Pattinson, mm-hmm. in the sense of they're both seen as like fucking. Heart throbs at a young age, like oh, I wanna, I wanna be there, I wanna be with them. Oh, it's like yeah, okay. Cool. I wanna be with other uh, yeah, fucking high school musical or like or um, Twilight or Twilight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you see their later work, and more so with Robert Pattinson, but this is like the first glimpse with Ephraim. Mm-hmm. They can do unhinged very well. Oh. Like they are genuinely terrifying when you see them go for it. Like in the lighthouse, mm. yeah, maybe. Lighthouse, uh, good times. If you've seen that. I haven't seen either of those, but those are... I gotta watch them. Because everybody says they're I know it's good. Mm. It's yeah. fucking weird. Yeah. It's very weird. But it's good. Like, like William Defoe also kills it. Like, he's like... He's up. the king of fucking yeah. just going. Right? Like, yeah. going for broke, that yeah, guy. Yeah, honestly. But he's a legend. Right? Right, and Good Times is... Uh, Ron Patterson plays his character who's trying to rob a bank with his autistic brother and they're trying to jump away. His brother gets captured by the police, and it's him trying to go through the entire night trying to free him. Shit. Shit. I, I remember watching a YouTube video, and they started off with Matthew McConaughey. And they said Matthew McConaughey started doing romantic comedies. He was known for it. Yeah. He quit, and it took a full year for him to ever get an offer. And it was for, I think, I believe it was for The Lincoln Lawyer. Was when he got I his I first. Oh, that's no, I did see that. That's good. But like he, he did his like he, the, did, his the, niche. he did his niche. But when it came time, he kind of went off and he took the stuff that that he got, and the stuff he got was phenomenal. Oh, yeah. for the most part, he's a great actor. I don't care what anybody says. Honestly, yeah. But the, you're starting to see it now with Robert Pattinson, and now. A lot of people are saying they want a, a Zac Efron style Robert Pattinson loop where it's a little bit more of like going down into the indie movies that where yeah. there's a bit more of like a... There's more, there's more just meat to potatoes. Yeah, it, where it's not do. Hugh Jackman and Zac Efron or The yeah. Rock and Zac Efron. No, motherfucker, this is Zac, Zac Efron. Efron. Yeah, this is Robert Pattinson yeah, and these guys the are show. getting it. Yeah. yeah, And it's like... Right, why, why not? not? See, right, well, exactly, why not? And... He can hold. He can Honestly, hold the movie. He definitely yeah. can. Like I said, I was I was shocked when I first 
first time I was that girl problem like this movie's gonna be fucking weird because I just can't see him being a serial killer and then watching him it's like holy fuck like, we, we watched, talked about that we, talked, yeah. we, we watched it I think we watched it at your apartment there uh, when he first came out we were like mm-hmm. wow this is really actually really good like it's because again like, I'm just used to him you know from of course high school musical where everyone first saw him but then mm-hmm. uh, Neighbors and Baywatch again him be, just him playing the heartthrob and the the you know the, the you know the guy who's the big old jacked up heartthrob who gets the girls and it's just like mm-hmm. and then seeing school some completely left field it's like okay alright Zach I'm, I'm all for it I mean he was able to hold a movie when he was a kid he was, he was able to be the front of a trilogy when he was a kid yeah I mean and then you got Charlie St. Cloud, which was actually filmed in BC. You also have um, Hairspray. I mean, yeah. like the, the, this guy, like by the time he was, by the time he was able to fucking drive a car, yeah, he, was, he was fucking sixteen. He was it. The guy. Yeah, he was. You know he was the dude. And I feel really bad for him in a sense. He kind of. I was watching a video. I don't. I don't know if he said it himself or people were just kind of saying like. This guy, since he was young, has had to deal with the, with the the idealistic nature of, of what being a heartthrob in Hollywood is. And with the whole picture thing and people ridiculing him with the, the if he got f- facial stuff done or if he got that stuff done, it kind of actually, like I was oh, sitting I- there kind of like, it bugged you. I'm saying it'll get to him. It bugged me because I was like, you know what? Fuck it. The guy wants to do it. The guy will do it. Hey, guess what? It's yeah. his fucking face. Yeah. Hey, newsflash, everybody. You don't get to make that fucking choice. Exactly. So how about that one? And that's the one thing, that's the thing I fucking hate the most. Is like, yeah, it's just who gives a fuck what people want to do to them. As long as they yeah. like, give, like, I think I think we were talking about, because uh, you were telling me that uh, Floyd Mayweather got um, hair, transplant. hair transplants. Yeah. And then I was like, well, fuck, who gives like, Hey, you know what? At his age, and with his money, fuck, I'm doing it too. Like, who give like? And it's, it's like people want to make fun of him. It's like, dude, who gives a fine fuck? Why are you making fun of like? Why make fun of him? Because he wants to just you know get a fuller beard, or or it's like everyone maybe had a crooked nose. They want something. Who gives a flying? It's not your life. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck off. And and also the idea that it's the idea that because he, he he's in a movie that you like or. You know, he's your favorite boxer, or they sing your favorite song that it's our face, yeah, that your right. life is ours. Right? It's like, nah, <laughs> right? dude, that's kind of fucking weird. That's yeah. weird. Right? Because if you look at Daniel Radcliffe when he was in London, and anytime he's in London, he would say, if he's just walking down the street, the rich, snowy people would just grab him and say, hey, say hello to my friend. Yeah. They would just grab, because you're their property, essentially. It's you're so in their home, weird. you're on their TV, you're their property. It's like, no. <laughs> right? They have lives. They have third. Like fuck all. Like it's just, it's just a fuck. Yeah. Sorry for the rant, but like it's getting it's getting a little too much. Where it's like, guys, I get it. You like you like the shit, but it's not your decision. And yeah. and and here's a really here's a really cool idea. Nobody asked for your fucking opinion. Is that is that rude? No. But you're watching this podcast, which means you want to hear our opinion. <laughs> yes. True. So you know what? Sit down on this. <laughs> sorry. Fuck. Sorry. That's true. I understand. It's not. Uh, that's not weird. Fucking people need a wake up call. Honestly, I get to this point too. Uh, Chadwick Boseman. I was watching him. Rest in peace. Yeah. I was watching him on a round table, and he he had said there's a difference because he was like, people come up to him and they constantly ask him for autographs. 
and he's like, and they and, and they come up and they say, well, you owe me this autograph. Some people would go up to him and say, you owe me this autograph. I I I, I hold your career. He's like, no, no, no. No, this engagement didn't start with you paying the money. Yeah. This engagement started with me creating the art that wanted you to come. Pay. Yeah. So our transaction was I made I made the movie. Yeah. You watched it and paid money. Yeah. That was the transaction. It's not you paid money so I made a movie. So, yeah. But yeah, so we get to um, so we've just been out of the library, just been kicked out, done the dogs. Now at Utah State Prison, he's been convicted for kidnapping. Mm-hmm. And it's March 1st, 1976. Guy approaches him saying, Hey, have you ever been to Colorado? No. I've never been to Colorado. Goes, okay, cool. Uh, now being tried for or investigated for murder. Because they can place him in Colorado. He lines up with a few people out there. And now he's on trial. He's been moved to Colorado and now he's on trial. And this is the most confusing scene of the movie. Like I'm kind of like skipping a lot here, but the scene where he's in his prison cell and he's sitting on the top bunk and he's jumping. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I never got what that was for. Do you do it for now? Yeah, I I, oh. I I get it now. Like the bunny tapes sort of filled the end, but I was so confused as to why he was doing that. Fair enough. Because I thought it was just a stress tactic or a psycho. Oh, yeah, no. thing going on. It's like, no, he was actually just prepping for his jump. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was getting ready to jump off the. Yeah. Did they film that in the actual location? Do we know? I don't like, know. Like, if that was the that, actual courthouse? It might be. I was watching our buddy, uh, Grim Life Collective, and he did a Ted Bundy app, and he went to a spot where I believe it might have been that courthouse or. or a place where Ted yeah. Bunny was, and he saw the table that Ted carved his name into, and they have like a glass. It's like on the corner here. Shit. And they have like a plexiglass like a, thing over top it's, of it. Wow. And, it, and it's carved in there, Ted Bundy. That's like fucked. he. I I love his his stuff. He kind of goes along the, the stuff that we do on the podcast, yeah. the the eerier side of history and that type of stuff. He does a really good job. So I'm looking at trivia to see if I can find that. Breaking news, Zach Efron is 5'8". Really? No. No. Really? Uh, during the film, a news report on Bundy lists his height as 5'7 to 5'8". In real life, Ted Bundy was 5'10". The listing in the film was tailored to fit Zach Efron's height of 5'8". He's no only 5'8"? Yeah. No really? fucking way. We... Boys. Dude. That's... Like... So I got someone... I got someone, you Zach. I'm taller. Wait, he's 5'8"? Yeah. You're I don't know what am I five nine five. Because you're you're about twice height, right? Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe a little bit taller. Yeah, you're both you're both five nine five ten probably. All right, yeah, gotcha. You're about, you're about, you know, couple uh, couple inches taller. Hey Zach, get on the podcast. Yeah. Hey, Come on, man. Short stuff. We'll uh we'll get a boost to see for you. <laughs> Just kidding, Zach. You're. Uh, We're gonna do. Uh, Fuck it. Let's send the audio file yeah. and the video over to Zach. Zach DM style. Yeah, I don't really know. We, we got a booster hey. seat for you. Um, I got weights at my house, so if you want to work out and troll me up, you can. Oh my god. Um, and if you like tacos, there's a new Mexican taco place opened up in Vancouver. So we can really? go for tacos. Yeah. Right behind uh, 420 Homer, I think. Really? No. Uh, or. You know where that little, you know where that little taqueria place was, like right by our school. It's like behind there. There's like an alley. There's, there's oh, an alleyway that. Really. We gotta say opened up and get me into like a taco joint. I saw on TikTok. I was like,
Hi there folks, Oliver here from Cats with Tin Hats. We're splitting this Bundy documentary into two parts because we just had too much to talk about. So make sure to tune in next week for part two.